Welcome to episode 83 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Nathan, I got a question for you. Here we go. How do you feel when you see, quote unquote, meeting on your schedule? Well, Tim, I have to tell you, um, I, you probably remember this when we decided to create this podcast and we started working through it and decided what kind of a podcast we wanted it to be. We both decided that we wanted to keep it a G-rated podcast. Um, and so in the essence of being G-rated, I cannot repeat the actual thing uh, that I feel when I see meeting on my schedule. Um, but I can share the second thing I feel and that is typically a sense of, I don't know if loss is the right word, but a sense of what am I going to have to give up in place of the meeting and the prep time and the follow-up time? So what can I do because I'm doing this meeting? So that would be number one and number two. Well, I get it. <laughs> and I don't remember that conversation around G-rated <laughs> stuff, but uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh you know, but but the idea is that many of us oftentimes feel like we have too many meetings. I, re I remember Patrick Lencioni, he's one of my favorite leadership writers, wrote a book called Death by Meeting. Um, and maybe some of us remember those feelings. It feels like, you know, we exist just to do meetings. And, and that, as you mentioned, can kind of suck the life out of us. But I think there are probably some reasons why it feels that way, which I think we're going to try to address today because we want to we want to talk about meetings. And uh, I wish we would have had the recording going just in our prep meeting because we talked a lot about a lot of stuff. I know that was that was pretty good stuff, Tim. Yeah, uh, I hope it. I hope this lives up to our our pre meeting. <laughs> um, but but you know things have changed with COVID. And meetings are in different ways. More of us are working remotely. Some of us are back in the office. Some are kind of hybrid. We're doing all kinds of stuff going on. But I think it still is important to think about the purpose of meeting and why meetings are important or not important. I was sharing with you, Nathan, that recently I read an article about a small business that I'm connected to. Um, they have a team of four or five people, and they have worked really hard to minimize their meetings. In fact, they... I think for a while had they were committed to just 30 minutes a, a week for their for a kind of staff meeting together. Um and but they were really focused on getting things done and they've done a really good job with that. But they recently put out an article that said after assessing where they are, they've decided to increase their face-to-face -face meetings. They're all work remotely and they do face-to-face -face online. And they realized that they were siloed in their work and they weren't really leveraging the skills and experience and knowledge of each other. And so they're actually increasing the amount of meetings they're having, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I think as, as executive directors and leaders of, of small to medium organizations, it's really up to you, the, the executive director to set the tone for how many meetings and how long and what's the content going to be? I mean, that all falls on you and 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 us, you know, Tim, you and I, to to make those decisions. And it, it it's being siloed, I, I think and this this was speaking of COVID, this was a pre-COVID issue, and certainly, obviously, through COVID and continues to be. Uh, this is something that's plagued the nonprofit world for years, way back early in my career. 
we were talking about being siloed and I know I'm the, my own organization. I lead uh, in FACO. We have a, a, a combination of, of staff contractors, part-timers and volunteers who volunteers who are volunteering, but they're volunteering in traditional staff roles and they're doing traditional staff work. And so uh, this was uh, a few years ago, but we had a situation where a uh, a program volunteer made a decision and they actually brought it to me and said, hey, I would like to do this. Um, can I do this? And I thought about it and it was like, well, yeah, it makes sense to me. So let's go. That That would be great. Well, what happened was another program leader, it impacted another volunteer program leader and their program. And so... There was no, uh, there was no conduit for these volunteers to be able to communicate to each other what was going on. And of course, even though I, I'm the executive director, you know, I, I don't know everything that's going on in each of these programs. So we, we had to create something so that that didn't happen again. And what we created was actually a quarterly meeting with, with everyone so that we could have a chance, all of these program leaders who never connect with each other otherwise now have a conduit to talk to each other and communicate. So it's just, you know, we have to decide how best to communicate within our organization. And sometimes that's going to be a meeting. Let's let's dive into this topic of meeting because I think it's really important whether you're in a very small organization or whether you are in a larger organization, meetings is a part of what we do and how we try to move forward. We're going to look at the types of meetings that are most prevalent in a nonprofit and then consider what makes for a successful meeting and finally talk about how to decide whether you need a meeting or not. So, Nathan, I know you're excited about this uh, topic. Why don't we jump in? And uh, <laughs> since we've been meeting today, uh, why don't you jump in and uh, start taking us through? We'll, we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So just a few obvious types of meeting. This is by not by no means an exhaustive list, but just a couple of obvious things that comes up. And first of all, it'd be an annual meeting, uh, annual planning meeting. And you could, obviously that comes with a board. You would have a, it's common to have annual planning meetings with your board. And one of the board's primary jobs is to focus on long-term vision and mission of the organization. So the board should always be looking long-term and always be involved in long-term planning. However, many boards, and that includes uh, my board, um, usually at the annual meeting, it's a, it's, a, it's a meeting that we spend specific time really digging into vision and mission and long-term planning. Uh, it, it comes up, our board meets four times a year. Uh, it does come up in the other three meetings, but we, we have specific agenda time put away for long-term planning uh, at our, our annual board meeting. So uh, so at annual long-term planning with your board, another uh, of annual planning meeting would be staff. Uh, and while staff is less worried uh, or less responsible for vision and mission, that's the board's responsibility, they are focused on the day-to-day implementation of that vision and mission. However, taking time out to focus on staff annual plan and individual annual plan or their goals, you know, either one for the year could be very helpful in keeping everyone on the same page. 
Um, and you know, in an organization, Tib, you you have the the mission, vision, and mission coming down from the board, and then you know, staff's responsibility, led by the ex- executive director, is to implement that vision and mission. And and so I, it's it's been helpful. Um, our staff does that uh, once we just take a break, just stop, and we just talk about where are we, where are we going. You know, what what are some of the big hurdles? Um, you know, we'll we'll do uh an abbreviated SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, uh, threats. And you know, we don't go overboard with it, but we we do have a sense of okay, we're all in this boat together, we're all rowing together. Let's make sure we're all rowing in the same direction instead of you know, one of us trying to go north and the other one trying to go south. So we're gonna come and talk more about this later, but I just want to ask you in those in those categories. With annual annual meetings with with board or staff, online or in person? Yeah, good question. Uh, our board is in person. Uh, it's the only in person meeting we have a year because uh, our board spread out on. I don't know. They're in like nine different states now. Uh, so board is is and is uh, in place. Our staff. Um, you know, up until now, that has been on Zoom. Uh, it's been remote uh, because our staff, there's uh, five of us here in the U.S. and we are in four different states. Um, but I have to tell you, Tim, uh, based on your uh, your prodding is not the right word, but your uh, suggestion, uh, I am thinking of, of trying. There's an opportunity this fall. Uh, to bring everybody together, all of our st- our staff together around uh, an event that's taking place uh, in the southeast. So we're not there yet, but we're getting close to putting that together. And and I brought it up to to staff, and they're really excited about it because it's been a long time since they've you know all seen each other. So um, that one we hope to get in person too. That's really good. And this is a side comment, and this is where Nathan and I really <laughs> were diving into beforehand. Meetings are challenged, whether it's before COVID or after COVID. But, um, you know, we can say, well, we're doing these kind of things because of COVID. And I think the conclusion that we've come to is, even though the threat of COVID is very different and it's we're not in the same place we were two or three years ago, we will never go back to the way we were pre-COVID. It is my estimation. So thinking about how we do meetings and what things have developed is really important. So, I mean, in-person yeah. was a, was a challenge during that, you know, during that time. Yeah, it sure was. And, um, you know, for us, because we're so spread out, it's a financial challenge as well. Uh, just, you know, cause people have got to travel and, uh, so that stuff's expensive, but, um, I don't know, Tim, do you think, you know, so for so long, we were able to blame just about anything on COVID. Uh, you know, we we didn't hit a goal. Oh, it's COVID. Uh, we didn't hit our, you know, our revenue goals. Oh, it's COVID. We could just blame anything on, on COVID. I, you know, do you think when it comes to meetings and how or, smaller organizations come together, I I think... I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that the impact of COVID, we've kind of reached the end of that. I, I think we are, we've come out the other side. Yes. You know, people are still getting COVID, you know, I'm not saying that, but how it impacts how we do our work. I think we've kind of come out the other end of that tunnel. Haven't we, Tim? I would say yes, to some degree, but like I just said, I think 
I think we're not going to go back to the way it was beforehand. I think we are, we're seeing that we're, we're seeing the challenge of, do we come into an office? Do we work from home? Do we do it kind of hybrid together? Um, there's just, people are, people are taking more agency about how, when, and where they work. Yeah. And, and I think as nonprofits, especially, um, businesses, others, they're going to just have to figure it out. How does that work together? If we want some of the best people to be, to be involved in doing this. And there's some, there's some, yeah, there's some really good reasons not to have an office in some ways, financial things. I think we've had, we've talked about this on another podcast mm -hmm. about, you know, yep. remote work and stuff, but, but also there is a, there is the idea of having a place to be able to come together and connect and get excited. So, Sorry, long answer to your question. <laughs> I think I think we have moved from the crisis and emergency kind of focus on COVID, but the impact that happened during that time is yeah. going to remain and we're going to figure out what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, totally totally agree. So um, I'm sorry I I kind of hijacked us there. So no, we have no, no, it's all right. We have an annual meeting. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so annual meeting with board, staff, and then um, one more category you could have an annual meeting with. And I've never done this. Uh, I thought about this as we were kind of going through uh, creating the show. But have you ever thought of having an, an annual planning meeting with your volunteers? Um, what a great opportunity to bring your volunteers together, you know, kind of set the stage for the next year where the organization is going, you know, any updates that you've got, any new uh, uh, you know, any new news that you wanted to share and, and reiterate vision and mission. And it just would be a great opportunity to bring, to bring your core people, the, the people who love you the most and bring them together and celebrate and kick off another year of great volunteer work. I think that'd be an awesome idea, even though I've never actually done it. <laughs> So yeah, hey, if you're if you're listening and you do something like that, reach out to us. I would love to hear from you and how you do that and what the impact that you, uh, you know, that your volunteer team uh, gets from that. Well, there are a couple other meetings that you have in mind when you think about kind of a nonprofit. Yep. So next one, uh, we just did annual meetings. Next one would be a period a periodic check in or status meeting, um, and these are. Uh, progress towards mostly individual or department goals. So it could be a, a, a meeting with a specific department or program staff or finance staff, whatever, or individuals. And, you know, the, the executive director's job is really to set the direction and the tone of the organization. And in a perfect world, you hire the very best possible staff, you let them know what their job is, you give them the deliverables, and then, whoop, off they go and they do a fabulous job, you know, getting all the deliverables done and, and everything is easy peasy. Well, you know, that's not the world that we actually live in. And so an executive director's job, among all the other things that their job is, is to check in and to encourage and to support. And I think sometimes even as important, certainly as any of those, is to help solve roadblocks that have come up. A lot of times the people on your team, whether they're program leaders or, or whatever, they they have problems to solve, but they don't necessarily have the authority to solve them. 
And so if you're in regular contact with your with your folks and you know what they're dealing with, you can make their life easier, your life easier, and help them achieve those deliverables faster, more efficiently by helping to remove roadblocks that might be out in front of them. And a, a really good way to do that is to have a regularly scheduled check-in with key staff and volunteers. So the third type of meeting, you know, we're kind of honing in on three. The third type of meeting is one that probably we all are familiar with, and that's a weekly meeting. Probably all of us have some kind of weekly meeting or maybe more than one weekly yeah. meeting in our schedule. Yeah, and and so do we. Uh, and, you know, I think as an executive director, it is you got to you got to have even though you're well, some executive directors are doing everything because you're literally the only person there. Uh, but sometimes you've got a, a small team or, you know, volunteers, part-time staff, contractors, whatever. And it is, it is a really good way to keep your fingers on the pulse of what's going on. And as the executive director, you don't have to know the answer to every single question that comes up. It's okay for you to say, I don't know. Joe handles that. I'll, I'll find out. I'll go ask Joe or Susan handles that. I'll go ask her and I'll get back to you. That is perfectly acceptable. But it is your job to have a general sense of what's going on. Uh, and so those weekly uh, check-ins are really a good way to do that. Um, so that's one reason. I think another, Tim, is developing a deeper relationship with your staff. And that is something for me that I have to really focus on. Um, I am a more of a type A personality and I will default to getting something done um, and getting it done quickly. That's always my default. And the relationship side is it's it's not it's not natural to me. I use these I use these weekly meetings as as a way to ch check in and connect with staff, with our our team leaders, with our contractors. And the third is heading off problems before they come a crisis. And, you know, it really is a, if you know things early on, it's much, much, much easier to address them and to solve them when they're little problems, as opposed to when they're great, big honking problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's another great thing, a uh, reason why to have the the weekly check-in. Some really, some really good stuff there, Nathan. Um, so those are some of the key meetings that you would probably have in a nonprofit and maybe if you're in a really small nonprofit, maybe you just go in the bathroom, look in the mirror and have a meeting with yourself. <laughs> I don't know. That could happen. <laughs> I only say that because I've been there. So that's, you know. Um, Tim, let me go back and just clarify one thing. When I was talking about the periodic check-in status meetings, sure. that is more of a one-on-one -on -one, uh, meeting with an individual person, just the two of you. And then the weekly uh, meetings, that's more of a of a team meeting. Uh, where you're all sitting in together at, at the same time. Let's talk about what makes a, what makes for a successful meeting. Uh, there's a quote from that book I mentioned by uh, Patrick Lencioni, Death by Meeting, that says, there's nothing inherent about meetings that makes them bad. And so it is entirely possible to transform them into compelling, productive, and fun activities. I wish someone would have told me that a while ago. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Compelling, what? productive, and fun, Tam. Yeah. So, how do we do that? Like, what what does what makes for a successful meeting? 
I guess when when you're sitting down around the table or you're sitting, you know, Tim and I are doing the show. We we do this on Zoom, so we're looking at each other right now. It's just the the more the more humane connection you can make it. I think people appreciate that and they love that. And you know, we 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 have especially coming out of COVID and, and through COVID, the, the ability to connect one human being to another has been diminished. And it, it and it not only not only through COVID and not through artificial intelligence, but you know, back in the 50s and 40s and 60s, you know, people sat on the front porch and they, you know, talked to their neighbors and you knew who those were. And today's world, that's not it's not the world we live in. So people are starving for human connection. And if they can get that at work with a team, wow, you've got a much more effective team who love and know each other. I just, you've got to make that neat team or that meeting about the individuals at the meeting. By definition, as a nonprofit or a business or whatever, we are trying to accomplish something. We're trying to move from here to there. And so the goal is the focus and all that. But like you said, we are a, a group of of individuals, a group of people that are coming together to to do something and remembering that even though that's true, we are a group of people that you just said. And I know one of the things we do in our, we have a weekly meeting with, with my team. And the very first thing on the agenda is, hey, what's been going on? Like, how was, how was your weekend or what's been going on since the last time we met? So we talk about Hey, I'm trying to sell our house. Hey, we're taking a trip to visit our kids. Um, hey, we're having a grand, we're having a grandchild, or you know, just whatever. Um to to say, hey, wait a minute, we're all human. And we bring those those experiences and what's going on in our lives, we actually bring them into the work. And so let's let's know about them <laughs> now, you know. So I think making that a particular part of our meetings is important. Human connection is one. Number two is fun. And I, you got to make it fun. If it's not fun, why do it, Tim? I, 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 you know, I don't even want to go, but being fun is if you're not, yes, like you just said, we're doing serious work and we're doing often, we're doing work that impacts people's lives. And it's a, that is a, very serious thing that we do. However, you still have to have, you still have to have fun. You have to make it be pleasant. And, you know, one of the things that we do, and we've talked about this before on our staff meeting is one of the first things we do is a icebreaker, even though we all know each other, we're still doing icebreakers. And the last one we did was, uh, what is your, uh, worst pet peeve. What's your pet peeve? Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. It was people were coming up with the most weirdest thing. And it's like, really? That that really bothers you? And it was like, yes, that bothers me. And anyway, so it's just, you know, an opportunity to laugh. And even if it's for you know two minutes or three minutes and and uh and I think some of that comes from and again the executive director sets the tone for this of having a sense of, you know, it's okay to tell a joke. It's okay to make a, uh, a comment, you know, it, it, it's okay to speak. Uh, 
And I, I think that's a, a, a culture of humor and fun. Um, obviously, there's limitations, but that's a that's a culture that you can create and foster and grow, uh, and well worth well worth the effort to do. Okay, so human connection, fun. Third thing to make a successful meeting is have a predetermined goal, and and I again I have to be careful of this, but prepare. You know, know what it is that you're trying to achieve. Uh, put together an agenda, get it out ahead of time, you know, make it so when people come, they know what the purpose of the meeting is. They know what defines a successful meeting. What are we trying to achieve during this 30 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever time we're spending together so that we, at, when you walk out at the end of the meeting, everybody should know whether we were successful or not. And that it just have a predetermined goal and then do what you need to, to hit that goal. You know, some people are very organized and it's like, boom, 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 boom. Others probably like myself are like, Hey, we're going to get together. We've got a few things we need to talk about, whatever. And, and I have been really challenged to say, Hey, when we meet, we need an agenda. Why are we coming together? And then we come prepared. We come ready to, to work on whatever and to share. And so Having that agenda and getting out ahead of time, I think, is is really important, especially on those weekly, you know, staff meetings, team meetings, yep. some of those yep. kind of things. It's even more important. Yeah, our our agenda for those weekly team meetings, it, it's a template. It's the same agenda every time because the information is often the the same type of information. However, you also leading that meeting, you have to be ready. You have to give some latitude for things that come up for, you know, you'll have something on the agenda that brings up another point that brings up another point. Now, all of a sudden you're two or three, you know, points outside of the agenda. And some of that's okay because it's important stuff that needs to be talked about. But then there does come a time where you got to bring it back. You know, you got to bring everybody back to the agenda and, and keep going through. So, and that's a that's that's something that you learn. That's the that's an art as opposed to a science of of how to run meetings and and keeping it moving without cutting off all discussion and and things like that. All right. And then the last thing uh, to make a, a successful meeting is have clear next steps and dates. Um, there shouldn't be at the end of the meeting. When you either get up and walk out of the room or you're clicking, uh, what is it on Zoom? It's end, I think, end meeting or leave meeting. I forget which one it is. When everybody leaves, everybody should know what the next steps are and when are they due. And if they, if people don't know that, then you've not had a successful meeting uh, because then it just things, you lose momentum. And so you want to be able to go from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And so just just having a simple, what what's next, you know, when's it due and, and who's doing it. That will improve your meetings a lot. Absolutely. I think somebody, somebody should be capturing the basic things, you know, what, what, what have we decided? What, what are our actions and who's going to take those actions and making it available to everybody. So we, we remember, oh yeah, this is what we decided to do. So capturing that is really important too. I think another question, Nathan, is uh, how do we decide when we need a meeting and when we don't need a meeting? Yeah, uh, good I think question. That, I think that's really hard. You know, a lot of times someone will say, "We'll text you, hey, can we can we have a meeting? Can we get together? I need I need five minutes of your time." 
Um, and I think one of the things that I've been challenged about is when someone says that, um, I oftentimes will respond. Can can you give me a little bit more of an idea of what, <laughs> what we're going to talk about? You know, um, sure, I'll hang out, but I'd like to know if we're just hanging out or if what's the purpose of us of us connecting. Remember the old uh, open door policy, and you know where it's like, oh yeah, come into my office anytime, and it's like, I don't know about that, Tim, because it's hard to get stuff done when you got people walking in your office all the time. And of course, you know, even if you're remote people that are calling you or trying to, you know, get you to respond to Slack or text or email or WhatsApp or, you know, all of the different tools that there are. So I will say Nathan, that um, I think meetings are really important, especially if they're along the lines we've been talking about, but I did make a change this year. Oh, what did you uh, change? My team. And so we have, I have, I have a no meetings Tuesday. So Tuesdays of every week, my team knows I don't have meetings uh, because that's the day I'm diving into those things that are uh, those things that are really important that I need to accomplish. So if they say, hey, can we meet on Tuesday? I always I always say almost always I say no. Uh, How about Wednesday? I have open out open office hours on Wednesday. You can come into my Zoom room. Mondays, I have a gazillion meetings, but Tuesdays are the day I'm going to do my work. So anyway, so that's, thinking. that's also, it's also funny because uh, I'm the exact opposite. Tuesday is my day for almost all of my staff meetings. All of the, all of the internal meetings that we have are all, all on Tuesday. So if somebody wants time with me, they know that Tuesdays probably I'm going to be, you know, unless I'm talking to somebody else, that's my day. So that's funny. But how do we how do we know, Nathan, when we need a meeting yeah. and when we don't really need a meeting? Well, I think there's two things. One is, you know, you definitely need to have a meeting when you need an exchange of ideas in real time. So some topics, some things just you you need to be worked on it in the same space at the same time. And, you know, maybe it's a Maybe it goes up on a whiteboard or maybe it's a brainstorming type thing or you need feedback and, you know, feedback uh, brings more feedback, which builds on each other. And so if you're talking about something that needs to be this exchange of ideas at the, in real time at simultaneously, then that is something that you definitely need to have a meeting on. The other side of that is if you are just doing a, an update or just pure status update, so this is due on the 23rd of the month, it's the 15th of the month, I'm on schedule, no problems, uh, everything's fine. Well, then you probably you probably don't need a, a, a meeting for that. I mean, you could just send a, an email or an instant message and said, hey, are we on track for the 23rd? Yes or no? Yes. Um, so- and that, there's no need to get together if, if that's all you're looking for. Now, I will bring up a caveat for that. And again, we've talked about this a little earlier ago, but don't enter, underestimate the value of that human interaction. Hmm. And maybe from a update standpoint, maybe you don't need a meeting because the meeting is just about, are we on track for the 23rd or not? But Maybe your staff person, maybe your volunteer, maybe your contractor, whatever, maybe they've really been struggling with something. 
And this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, let's check in about the 23rd. And it's really, it's really not, you know, it's on track. So you're not so worried about that, but you're worried about the person. And you can use that as an opportunity to have a five minute conversation and, and just check in on them and see how they're doing. So like many things in life, Tim, it, it's not always black and white. It, it's a whole lot of grayness in there. Well, I think learning to use some things that don't have to be in real time. So you can use Slack. You could do a Google Doc where you're interacting back and forth or messaging, some of those kind of things. But there are some topics, there are some issues that you just need to be face to face and see even unspoken language. You know, yeah. you know, there's uh, verbal, there's verbal yep. or uh, nonverbal body, body language, and yep. yeah, all that. And you know, Tim, another thing I I just thought of the in general, this is a general big sweeping statement. But I think it's accurate. Typically, people in the nonprofit world, if you are if you work in a nonprofit, and especially if you're working in small to medium sized organizations, I think there is a higher level of interaction needed. I think there's a a, a bigger human component. And so just be aware of that when you're deciding, are we having a meeting? Or are we not having a meeting? What are we meeting about? What is the agenda going to be? How is it going to go? I think there's there is this desire to connect more on people who work in smaller organ nonprofit organizations than say Wall Street uh, yeah. or some big law firm. Now I have no science to back that up, Tim, I, but I I don't think I'm wrong on that. Well, those are great thoughts, Nathan. It's important for us to think about you know when we need a meeting, when we don't need a meeting. Um, yeah, really good. Why don't you why don't you kind of wrap up what we've talked about today? Sure. You know, ultimately, are, are meetings a necessary evil when it comes to leading our small to medium-sized nonprofits? Yeah, probably. Can meetings actually serve a purpose and not be horrible? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they can. So understanding why you're meeting, being prepared, and learning when to have a meeting. And when not to, could go a long way in making meetings at your organization a lot more effective and a lot more tolerable. Thank you for listening today. If you're benefiting from what is being shared on this podcast, we would like to ask you to share a review on the platform on which you're listening. Let us know how the podcast is benefiting you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.